0: Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, friends. I hope everyone's feeling settled as we move into the middle of September. I know most people have wrapped up their summer season, and I cannot believe that next week marks the beginning of fall. I actually had a lot going on for myself personally last week, so I couldn't find a free moment to sit down and record an episode, but I'm more than happy to be back and reconnecting with all of you this week. So without any further ado, let's jump right into this week's episode, which is all about the magic of our intuition. Now, everyone refers to their intuition differently. Some people call it a gut feeling, a sixth sense, a hunch, an instinct, and my most favorite, an inner knowing. And according to the Oxford English Dictionary, intuition is defined as the ability to understand or know something immediately without conscious reasoning. And intuition isn't just for our personal day-to-day use. In science, a hypothesis-generated research is where a scientist inches forward based on a hunch or intuition. Now to me, intuition is more of an energetic radar. It's what pulls us in various directions in life. And through our intuition, we're quite literally feeling the environment around us. And through this inherent mechanism, we're assessing for the validity, safety, and meaning of the things that we're exposed to. So a more tangible example of this would be an insect's antenna, which acts as a sensory organ through which Insects sense, touch, air motion, heat, vibration, and smell. So we can look at our intuition as a sensory organ that allows us to feel subtle changes in our environment. And a really brief example of this would be that subtle nudge or pull that you feel that might draw your gaze in a particular direction where in that moment you might make eye contact with someone that was looking at you to begin with. Or that feeling that you get might draw your gaze in a particular direction where you might see something that might be very symbolic or meaningful for that particular phase in your life. So there's something in your environment that you sensed that drew your attention and your gaze in a particular direction. So that's just a really small example to highlight what I mean by this energetic draw. So Sometimes our intuition feels like a very strong yes, and other times it's a very definitive no. But what I find most people struggle with is that in-between feeling where you had an initial subtle instinct, but now it's been bogged down by so much noise that you can no longer distinguish whether or not it was a yes or a no. So I'm hoping to clarify that in between feeling in this episode today. So just as usual, I will start by dissecting our topic from a scientific sense before moving into the life and spiritual relevance. So I'm going to try to clarify the energetics of intuition through quantum physics. Now, quantum physics is the study of the nature of particles that make up matter And the forces with which they interact. And that's the key part there. Because quantum physics attempts to explain a lot of very big metaphysical concepts. Now the example that I'm going to use is the example of a cell. Cells are made up of a few different types of atoms, which are the smallest particles of an element. And they're made up of a positive nucleus, which consists of protons and neutrons, surrounded by a negatively charged electron field. So it's the magnetic pull of these two opposing charges that holds an atom together. So at our core, we're held together by an electric force. Therefore, what you eat, feel and think is stored at this energetic level. So really, the cells in our body hold almost an energetic blueprint that acts like a vibration which represents your innermost state and a really cool example of this energetic blueprint would be if someone was to receive a heart donation after the transplant the recipient would exhibit memories gestures and emotions that were native to the original donor so this is what i mean by energetic blueprint this is why if you were to meet a stranger for the very first time you may immediately get a good or a bad vibe based on that vibrational frequency that you're picking up on. So furthermore to the scientific bit on intuition, we now know that we are actually composed of three quote unquote brains as shown by our our organs ability to store intelligence. So there's the head brain that everyone is familiar with, but there's also a heart intelligence based on the fact that the heart has 40,000 to 120,000 neurons. Now neurons are the fundamental units of the nervous system. They're the cells responsible for receiving sensory input from the external world, for sending commands back, and for relaying the electrical signals at every step in between. Now the heart has its own little brain or intrinsic cardiac nervous system. In addition, the heart communicates with the brain neurologically, biochemically, and energetically. And by now, we all know that the gut, which would technically be the third brain, has 500 million neurons. And not only does the gut have its own nervous system, it also has its own immune system and an entire community of microbes that communicate with the brain through the gut-brain access. So these so-called three brains in the body are constantly working in tandem. Now in research, there are six methods of acquiring knowledge. The first five of which are purely analytical. So there's something known as tenacity, which is a willingness to accept an idea as valid because the idea has been accepted for a long period of time. There's authority, which is the acceptance of an idea as being valid because some respected source claims it to be valid. There's rationalism, which is a way of thinking through reasoning and logic. There's empiricism, which is knowledge gained through observation of real events. And there's science, which combines elements of both rationalism and empiricism, which neither of them is sufficient on their own. And the only one of the six methods of acquiring knowledge that stand alone is intuition, because it operates directly without intellectual effort. So it's the only one that gives you autonomy to make a decision completely on your own. So now why is intuition important? One of my absolute favorite quotes by Albert Einstein says, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Now, he said this back in the early 1900s, so I can only imagine what he would think if he were to see our society today. So intuition is important in every aspect of our life because really it's required on a variety of capacities. So sometimes we might face a situation that requires... to make an instant decision without having to having time to weigh the pros and cons and then other times we might feel the urge to make a very massive life change without any particular reason just simply based on an instinctive feeling that we have so now the reason why our intuition becomes very important is because sometimes those decisions are based on the unknown because we're making a decision without having all of the answers so really the best way to move forward is by trusting and recognizing your inner knowing. So the reason why this last point is important is because there's so much in our world that we haven't even tapped into. There's so much that exists that we might not even be aware of. And a really funny example of this is, I just found out a few weeks ago that there's pink dolphins in the Amazon that I didn't even know existed. So imagine how much, in not only in our world, but universally is present that we are not even aware of. So our intuition is a good way of tapping into that unseen. So it becomes our greatest compass in life because it guides us by hinting at what path we should move towards and what path we should move away from. So it's present all throughout our lives. Intuition starts as early as childhood. And it's not that it's more developed in childhood, but the fact that as children, we feel what we feel and we don't rationalize our instinctive hits. It's more of a clear nudge that tells us to move away from certain individuals, perhaps because of this eerie feeling that we get, or to move away from certain situations that might feel unsafe. Now, in our adult life, we begin to hush that voice of intuition because we want to fit in with others. We don't want to do anything that looks irrational. We always want to make the responsible choice. And sometimes we're facing life from a constant survival state. So we're making a lot of decisions based on previous negative experiences. So now intuition shows up differently for all of us. And there might be some ancestral links because in women, intuition is heightened regarding situations that involve family and home. Versus in men, intuitions heightened in situations involving the outside world. And both of these have to do with where men and women thrived ancestrally, where men were the hunters and warriors. So they had to really assess the physical safety and trust their instincts from, a, from that perspective, while women were the gatherers and took care of the children in the home. So they had to trust their intuition, especially when it came to reading the intention and nature of other humans around them. So now that we have a basic understanding of the science and importance of intuition, I want to focus on 10 steps that you can take in terms of connecting and developing your intuition further. So the very first step is assessing what intuition feels like for you. Does it feel subtle or more like an inspiration? You can begin to connect to that feeling by recognizing where in your body you feel those intuitive hits. So recognize how your intuition appears for you. Is it through visions or images, or is it a voice, a feeling or a body sensation? Because sometimes intuition shows up as goosebumps, shivers, tension or discomfort in the body. So paying attention to where it's showing up in the body and how it's feeling. So once you determine what your intuition feels like for you personally, my next tip would be to begin to expand your knowledge base so that you can more easily name your intuitive hits. So the more you know, the easier it is to identify what you're feeling and categorize it and be able to place it on the grand scheme of life instead of just this vague feeling that you are unable to identify. Tip number three is to put your intentions out into the world, because once you do that, you're telling your body and your mind that there's something important that you're contemplating. So now it's brought into the present awareness and into your radar. So that energetic radar that I was referring to earlier. So it's no longer something that's deeply suppressed and ambiguous, but more so on the front line. My fourth tip is to begin to create focus by decluttering your mind to eliminate all of the external noise that ends up clouding your intuition. So our intuition can become distorted by other people's fears, teachings, and beliefs. And an example of a fear-based instinct versus intuition would be obsessive compulsive disorder. So OCD is an example of a fear-based compulsive instinct, which is completely separate from intuition. So beginning to recognize the different voices in our head, categorizing the voices of fear, doubt, ego, social conditioning, childhood development versus your truest self. So there are various ways you can create focus in your life. And that can be through connecting with nature, through breathing exercises, meditation, and any form of movement medicine that moves energy through the body and removes stagnation that might keep you feeling trapped. So in particular, breathing exercises, the breath is our life source. And this is something that I personally resonate with. So I generally tend to breathe through a lot of my decisions and the intuitive hits that I get just to bring myself back into that embodied present state. Tip number five is a continuation with this whole idea of decluttering. So if you harbor any form of resentment or hate, your intuition won't be a very accurate guide because you will have a bias regarding certain situations. So you really need to learn to put your ego aside if you want to make decisions that are true to you and to everyone else involved. Tip number six is cleaning up the diet. Diet is so important when it comes to intuition because certain foods can cause inflammation in the gut resulting in brain fog and therefore a difficulty to identify and connect with your intuition. And a really cool point on this whole idea of the digestive tract is through the gut brain access, the microbiota of our digestive tract are constantly communicating with our brain in terms of what they want and various neurotransmitters that are being released that affect mood. So quite literally, some of the things that we're feeling and thinking are a direct impact of the presence of certain species. So there might be an overgrowth of certain opportunistic bacteria, yeast, or viruses that are negatively impacting our mental emotional state. So not only should we clean up our diet, but we should also consider cleaning up our immediate surroundings. So tip number seven is to be mindful and disconnect from toxic people in your life because they can seriously impact your mental health, making it hard for you to hear and trust your inner knowing. Tip number eight involves the heart. So as we discussed, the heart has its own level of intelligence and nervous system. So beginning to open up the heart opens us up to receiving. Because really, if we tend to be closed off and apprehensive in life, that closes us off from receiving divine inspiration and tapping into our intuition further. Tip number nine is to be present. Our intuition lives in the present moment. It is felt and experienced in the now. So the more that we implement exercises like mindfulness and embodiment, the more connected we will become with our intuition. My 10th and final tip is to begin practicing using your intuition, because what I find happens most often is that whenever we're faced with a decision, we often look outside of ourselves. So whether that's people in our lives, the internet or any other source, we're constantly shifting our attention to the external world. But what we need to do instead is practice the pause and shifting our attention inwards. Instead of reaching towards external sources for advice, which could come at a later time. But what I would love for everyone to start doing is to first and foremost, tap into your emotions and your own intuition first and begin to harbor trust within before reaching for external validation. As per usual, I want to wrap up this episode with some prompts for you guys to reflect on based on this week's episode, so feel free to pause in between each to either reflect on internally or to journal about. So the first one is, what decisions have I made based on my intuition that have played a major role in my life? Second is, reflecting on these previous experiences, what did the voice of intuition sound like for me? And finally, what current life decision doesn't make sense logically and requires my intuition? Thank you again for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul podcast. And until next time, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week.